Good afternoon, America, and welcome back to another week in reporting with Mr. C at the C Report, brought to you by Q&A Holes Podcast Networks. And we are coming to you guys live from the Foxhole app, Twitch, Twitter, and other regions of the nether sphere known as the internet, as well as live on Spreaker on our broadcast side. Great to be back with you guys. Great to start another week, the first Monday of May. And I hope you guys all had a great and restful weekend. And, uh, you know, we'll see where we are with the news today. We had quite a bit of news rolling, and it seems uh, the last two episodes we covered, of course, if you've been following the report, uh, were uh, interviews with our Lexit candidates over in the San Antonio City elections and kind of making a name for this uh, organization nationwide, because it is a nationwide organization. However, we did have a focused strike group here in the San Antonio area. So it was great to do that. And it seems like during that time, we had a whole bunch of news breaking, um, a lot of things going on. And I know a lot of you all are a little bit of up to date on that, if not fully up to date on the things that are going on. But we will have a few things to cover in this report for today. All right, guys. Now, I do apologize at the onset. Couldn't catch that chat recap on this episode, but we do have a full um, <clears throat> report for you guys otherwise. So we'll, we'll go ahead and get right underway with that. Now, um, as always, Trump does lead here at the Sea Report, and we did have quite a few things to report from the Don, or President 45, Mr. Donald Trump, our dear beloved president. But we'll start with some statements. Let's go ahead and get that on the screen. All right. In one of our first statements released from President 45, Donald J. Trump, uh, we had a response. We had a, I guess, a, another clapback, <laughs> as we like to say over here at the Sea Report, in regards to uh, what was going on with Twitter. Now, all of you all who have followed the uh, drama could be a now no telenovela, if you wanted to call that, with all of that's going on between the president and, of course, these uh, supposed. Um, uh, free public uh, platforms uh, who are really who are really in effect publishers um, uh, disguised as free public platforms um, had been banned on many of the social media networks, including Twitter. It took Twitter probably the longest to go ahead and follow along in um, hot pursuit of uh, the likes of Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, but Twitter, no doubt, they were getting a lot of traffic. I mean, it was pretty fun back in the day. I know I've talked with uh, several um, patriots, several of those in the conservative community who were part of all of that and who were purged as well, not just um, our dear president, but also many of our fellows and uh, patriots in the community. Um, Twitter used to be a pretty fun place to go to. Now, I know, like, personally, I compartmentalize all of my <clears throat> social media and I rarely use them as much anymore. But Twitter was the one where I would just basically get in there to rag on the politicians and uh, celebrities. Uh, I guess harass could be a better word, but I don't want to get sued or anything like that. But no, you know, you had a direct connection where you could leave those direct comments. And of course, they were always so quick to pick up. But in these later years of uh, Twitter's former glory, we see that Twitter's become quite a dull and boring place. But let's see what uh, President Donald Trump had to say in regards to Twitter and their recent fall in shares and stock to, uh, this past weekend. It says, Twitter stock plunged as a result are no longer cutting it for investors. Shares are off 15% today. 
Bad forecasts are hurting the outlook, but more importantly, in my opinion, it has become totally boring as people flock, as people flock to leave the site. Michael Nathanson stated, the math doesn't make sense as he lowered his price target. I guess that's what will happen. That's what happens when you go against freedom of speech. It will happen to others also. And of course, we know that uh, once you start banning freedom of speech and you start banning people's ability to speak their mind, well, yeah, that comes at the detriment of wanting to use their services. We'll see where those people go because, you know, there's still speculation that Trump will release his own, um, his own social media platform, although that as of yet is not 100% confirmed. And then, of course, we do have the now controversial uh, Mike Lindell's Frank speech, uh, which does um which does uh cast itself as a uh free speech um platform though does put some restrictions on the types of speech you could use um but nonetheless i guess that would be part of his open and transparent policies um i would guess that any other free speech is good to go but i don't know we'll see um i haven't tried to get on frank's speech recently uh, the last times i did attempt to get on frank's speech well to be quite frank i couldn't get in um, but uh, in a recent interview, interview, Mike Lindell said by May 10th, everything should be operational. And I'm guessing that means uh, new accounts will be accepted into the platform because I still haven't gotten in. I know some of my family members have gotten in and they're looking at me with a very speculative eye saying, come on, Mr. C, you should have been the first one on there. Well, in my defense, I did get on. It's just that as soon as I logged in, the site crashed again. And I don't think that has anything to do with my, uh, I don't know, computer skills prowess. I think that might have just had to do with some of the traffic. Okay, so let's see what else we had going on in Trump news today. Oh, well, we also have some interviews that we're going to be showing for you guys, and we'll get to some more statements. Now, Trump did have two pretty big interviews this past weekend, uh, uh, or week going into the weekend. Uh, first of all, he did have a... He did have an interview on uh, the Dan Bongino show. Many of you all probably remember who Dan Bongino is. He kind of was spawned from the InfoWars Alex Jones, um, I guess, war zone, InfoWar zone. And uh, he was the former, um, he was formerly uh, special services in, let's see, okay, cool, awesome. Special services, uh, secret service for the Clintons and 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 the likes, and then eventually he spawned out into um, uh, into otherwise uh, working as a, a kind of a whistleblower, I guess you could say. He he blew a lot of uh, uh, information up uh, regarding Hillary Clinton and her behavior. Uh, he did a, a pretty good job of protecting her, I guess you could say, but that was his duty at the time, so we won't hold it against him. Uh, interesting thing to note about Dan Bongino that I actually do appreciate because uh, one of the topics that we kind of explore here at the Sea Report, and we're going to be getting into more more depth in regards. Uh, if you go back to our Friday, April 23rd episode, I believe it was, where we um, aired an interview by a gentleman of the name of Patrick Berge, who is the founding father, I guess you could say, of internet uh, interactive activity, that being which uh, was a program used once by the uh, armed services overseas to influence uh, things such as elections and opinion amongst the populations by using the internet and programs such as this 
as Dan Bongino and others to not so much be news reporters and news breakers as opinion shapers. Now, the one thing that I do appreciate about Dan Bongino in this light is that in the Geraldo, not the Geraldo interview, in the interview in which he and Geraldo had a bit of words, um, Dan Bongino did admit and told Geraldo to his face, hey, you know, you're not a newsbreaker. You're like me. You're just an opinion shaper. So I do appreciate that Dan Bongino was forthright in admitting that he is not there to break the news. He is rather there to shape the influence or the opinion of the news. And that, my friends, is what you call internet interactive activity. And believe it or not, but all of us, even the those on platforms like Mr. C, the C Report is on, I'm a news analyst. You know, I, I shape opinion. So I think it's very important that uh, people recognize that uh, as opposed to investigative journalists who actually go in and find and, and dig up that dirt themselves. Uh, most of us individuals who do this type of reporting are internet interactive activity. Now, to that point, and just to kind of take the heat off myself as well, it does also depend on the type of reporting these internet activity personas are doing, uh, where in which either they're presenting you with as much of the truth in documentation that they can, as opposed to those who just spin the stories based off headlines and stuff like that. So that's a very important line of, de uh, line of demarcation, a delineation, whatever you want to call it. Whenever you're looking at who is presenting you with the news, are they simply presenting you with opinion or are they actually showing you documentation to support it? So we strive to show documentation here at the C-Report and, you know, hence the uh, analysis and the opinion is formed, uh, not to mention, you know, whatever experience that uh, our goldfish memories can remember. I myself going back to at least 2005 being involved in these types of activities. All right, guys. So enough about that. How about we listen to the Dan Bongino interview? Uh, and then after that, we'll get into some of the spicier parts, uh, the highlights of the um um, Maria Bartiromo interview that Trump did. Now, Maria Bartiromo this past weekend was down at the border uh, past weekend to the end of the week, and she had a lot of stuff to report. Unfortunately, we won't have time in the show today to get to all of that. Perhaps we can look at it tomorrow because, like I said, there was a lot of news. You know, we got the Giuliani stuff going on, which to me was kind of easy to figure out. Um, and then we also have, of course, uh, some stuff coming up with the Governor Greg Abbott in regards to, um, to the border. We have some more stuff from Texas. We have some stuff from Rio Bartiromo. Just a whole bunch of stuff that we have today. But uh, I wanted to make sure that here at the Sea Report, as we are following Trump and the lead, we're also very much considering the Arizona audit that's happening right now. We do have a few stories on that today, just to keep our viewers abreast on the genesis of that entire progress. And then we're going to look at some other election fraud cases. But before I get long-winded, let's go ahead and jump over to the Dan Bongino report. Oh, and let me give my uh, hats off. Hey there, Frank, at the NPC show. I see you're uh, watching us over on, uh, probably over on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, Frank? And, uh, and I apologize, guys. I can't get, if I could get my foxhole comments here on StreamYard, that would be amazing. But we don't have that capability yet. But once we do, I could probably catch you guys live. And we also have the NPC show hosting Q&A holes over at his Twitch uh, station. So we definitely appreciate uh, Frank at the NPC show for doing that. Make sure you check out some of his stuff. His kitchen is pretty cool. Uh, I wish I had a kitchen like that, if not to do any type of filming, but at least to throw a party. And I bet you 
you'd have some amazing dinner parties at your kitchen, Frank. Okay, guy. Now let's go ahead and get over to this Dan Bongino report before I start, you know, waxing uh, kindly about all of my fellow patriots over at the Foxhole app because you guys are pretty awesome. All right, let's go ahead and get this. Uh, let's go and get this interview on the road. Let me make sure I'm going to start you guys at the correct time spot. <laughs> okay, and we'll bring him up. Expanding, expanding, and here we go. All right, guys, enjoy this interview. 2024 plans, an interesting answer to that question. The vaccine, the role in the vaccine of the Trump administration, how he got it produced so fast. The new FISA stunning information, CNN and more. Here's my interview with President Donald J. Trump. All right, I want to welcome back to the show, you know, our guy here. President Donald J. Trump. President Trump, thank you so much for joining us again. I really appreciate you coming back to the show. Uh, thank you, Dan. It's an honor. Uh, so uh, I have a question for you. I, I know uh, you probably hate hypotheticals, but let's just say if you were to run again in 2024, sir. I, I, I have an idea I just wanted to throw out to you. I'd love to get your opinion on it. Would you okay. consider if you were to run again, getting out really early, say after the midterm elections? I mean, you would be obviously the runaway favorite for the nomination. I don't I can't see anyone even daring to uh, run against you and maybe announcing a, a VP really early, kind of split the forces and get out there and maximize your presence. I think the most likely term, if, you, if I do that and I am giving it the most serious consideration, as you can imagine, and based on every poll that I'm seeing and everything else, it's uh, something that is, you know, very positive. Nobody's seen anything more positive. So I'm giving it very serious consideration. Uh, if you do it, I think probably the most appropriate time would be right after the 22 election. That's my opinion. Yeah. Could do it sooner, but I think right after the election would be good, especially if you have a good election. Now, I'm not sure if you didn't have a good election, I'm not sure that that wouldn't be good also, if you want to know the truth. You know, I endorsed a, a woman yesterday, a wonderful woman yesterday in Texas, who I think is going to win. We endorsed another person in Louisiana, woman, terrific woman in uh, Louisiana, and she was uh, trying to get into the runoff, and she ended up getting 65% of the vote and won, and uh, our endorsement is very, very heavy. Uh, it means... A lot. People are going up 30, 40, 50 points in some cases. So so that's a very important thing that we're doing. And I think we can have a great uh, 22 and uh, most likely right after that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think um, that's the best way to go. I mean, given your popularity, which is, uh, you know, at, at near historic highs in the Republican Party. Yeah. I think it's that's the pretty, best approach. We want, I mean, to, people, Dan, we want to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah, we do. I think you need those billboards across America. Miss me yet? With a sign of you with yeah. thumbs up. I mean, look uh, at this hapless uh, guy we have in the White House now. He's trying to yeah. take credit for all of your stuff, too, the vaccino. But I'll get to that in a few minutes. I Good. actually got a text about that today from uh, John Sununu. He's like, listen, yeah. don't let Joe Biden, when you're in your appearances, get away with taking credit for President Trump's work on the vaccine. Uh, he sent that to good. me in a text. Well, John I promised I'd bring it up John on the show. Is great. He is. Once He's John came on board, we didn't have a better supporter. He was great, John Sununu. Yeah. He, he was really terrific. terrific. Strong guy. Go ahead, Dan. Is. So uh, there have been some new revelations about the FISA court. Listen, we know they spied on you. We know the FISA court had a role in it. We get all that. Um, uh, unfortunately, 
The Democrats did a good job stonewalling and the media helped them. But we've had new revelations about the FISA court. Uh, just came out. I'm going to cover it on my show today after your interview that they've, been, they've continued to abuse their power and apparently investigating we're investigating people for domestic crimes like health care fraud and things like this. I'm wondering, yeah. under your administration, when you tried to get these reforms and uh, and to get this Spygate scandal exposed, do you feel like they were blocking you, these deep staters, that they really had a lot to hide and they wouldn't they just oh, wouldn't let absolutely. it go? Absolutely. They were blocking and it was so obvious. And we did get it out. I mean, if you look at what's happening, we got it out. We got the word out on so many things, including I just see today John Kerry with the with what he did with Iran. I mean, I was pushing that very, very hard uh, from maybe a little bit of a different angle. I think we would have had a deal with Iran done except he was telling him not to do it. That's my opinion. And uh, and I think now that's coming out. It's I think it's a terrible thing. Uh, yeah. So, you know, you talk about Logan Act. Look what they did with General Flynn with the Logan Act. That's and right. then they say, oh, we don't use the Logan Act. Well, the Logan Act can be used. And what they did with uh, John Kerry was the way he was protected was incredible, actually incredible. It's stunning the Democrats don't. Well, now it's turned out to be even worse, though. I mean, now with these tapes, it's turned out to be even worse. Terrible. You know what's really odd, Mr. President? Everything they accused you of falsely, they do themselves. Did you notice that? That's right. They do it. Yeah. (laughs) They do it. You notice that, don't you, Dan? You do notice that. (laughs) It's a nice little magic trick they pull all the time. Um, Can I ask you a little, um, just a lighthearted question for a moment? I'm wondering what it's like, um, you know, from the other side of the aisle, me having you know worked in the Secret Service, and at the time you were generous enough to invite me up into the Oval Office, I had said to you, you know, I stood outside that door, and now that you've invited me inside, it was a really profound moment in my life. And I'm wondering what it was like for you transitioning from being a civilian, albeit a very popular one, but a civilian nonetheless, to being the president and back to civilian life. I mean, what's it like? You know, you had the full Secret Service, Air Force One all the time, and then you go back to being a civilian. Has the transition been been difficult? Well, you know, you keep Secret Service, and they're great. They're great people. and uh, But it's a different kind of uh, life, uh, but still very political because of the endorsements. Everyone comes, and they sure. all want the endorsement more than they've ever wanted an endorsement. It's never been an endorsement that meant so much, which is an honor to me. And it's, you know, it's very important, but uh, it it means victory. It's a difference between they win or they lose. I think we're uh, 128 and two in the last short, fairly short period of time, 128 successes and two and not successes. And both of them were expected to be, you know, I did them. I said, well, there's no possible way. It was an area that could not be won, but I did it as a, out of loyalty. So I think that, uh, you know, they're very much involved, uh, involved in the business again, which I love. And I'm, I'm, uh, Looking at the future, and I'm looking at the future of our country. I hate to see what's going on at the border. I hate to see other things that are happening in our country that are so sad. Now they're going to raise taxes, and those are taxes raised to everybody. So companies are going to flee the country just like they were. They all came back, not all, but many of them came back because I brought the taxes down to 21%. And they were, you know, really, if you think about it, at 50%. But now uh, they want to raise them back up to higher, the, the highest ever, the highest ever. The, the taxes will be the highest ever. And these, you know, these, con- these countries and these companies, 
there's not a lot of loyalty to us. They make deals. They're going to make deals and they're going to leave and they're going to take a lot of jobs with them and a lot of money with them. And actually, uh, Wall Street Journal reported that if you raise the taxes, you'll actually take in as a country less money. You'll take in right. less. And now you understand exactly what they mean because you do much less business. But you'll lose a lot of companies that have come back to the United States. Yeah, I addressed that, Mr. President, on a Fox and Friends appearance the other day where... Oh, I apologize, folks. I had no idea there was a commercial, but hey, at least there's Trump on there. You know, ironically, Ronald Reagan was a tax cutter, but Reagan raised the capital gains tax. A lot of people don't know right. that. He cut the income right. tax. And ironically, he raised the capital gains tax and capital gains tax revenues went down because That's of what right. you just said. Companies said, ah, you know what? I'm going to cash out early or I'm just going to hold. And it's as simple as that. And, and it's weird that maybe because you were a businessman and Joe Biden has never had a real job um, outside of selling his reputation. But uh, it's really odd that Biden's willing to crush the economy to attack, uh, you know, capital formation in this country. And I think that's an well, opening. You're right. It's, it's, it is odd. And uh, when you say Reagan raised it, but nothing like they're raising it now. I mean, they're bringing no, it close to 50 percent. No. And uh, when yeah, you no, add state either. taxes and everything else, places like New York, when you add, you know, the taxes are so high, and California, but when you add state taxes, you're talking about over 50%, and yeah. companies are going to leave the country. Yeah. And who can blame yeah. them? Yeah, and I'm a huge fan of Ray. I mean, he cut income taxes dramatically. No, I'm, that I was, am too. He had he, to capitulate no, he did, on that he one did issue. did good. And he had a yeah. great way. He had a great way about him. But uh, well, he did good, but he did too. have that. He did have... <laughs> well, a lot of people think so, I guess. We had 75 million. That's the most ever voting for a city pre sitting president. And as you know, there are many that say we had many more than that, okay, frankly. There's an interesting audit, a forensic audit going on right now in Arizona. And, yeah, we're going to uh, ask you about that. What are your thoughts on keep that? Keep your eye on that. Well, I think it's a, it, it's going to be incredible. I think it's going to be eye-opening because, you know, I have no question. I personally think that I have no question we won Arizona. We had rallies. We had such enthusiasm. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. Then all of a sudden we lose. People couldn't believe it. And the same thing in Pennsylvania, same thing in uh in many states, I mean, we didn't have to win too many more. We almost won this thing uh, with wrong numbers. But if you look at what happened in Wisconsin, where information's coming out that's incredible. And don't forget the Washington Post, and uh, I guess it was called Washington Post, ABC, they came out with a poll the day before that I'm 17 points behind in Wisconsin. Well, actually, I won Wisconsin, all right? But it was close. E even if you took their numbers, which are incorrect. We won Wisconsin. They come out, and that depresses. You know, it depresses. They don't. They don't vote. It's called suppression. It's depression and suppression. They don't go out and vote. Uh, and despite that, we did so well. And so it's very interesting. They're looking at numerous states, and I think you're gonna. It's going to be an eye opener. But one that's really moving now is. In, and, and it's very interesting to watch Arizona. The Democrats sent, I heard, 103 lawyers to try and stop it. Now, if the vote's honest, you know, they're doing a forensic, it's called a forensic audit of all the votes. And if, if, if the election is honest, they're not going to be sending 103 lawyers. What do they have to hide? You know, you say, what do they have to hide? So just keep your eyes out for Arizona. It's... Uh, it's actually being broadcast live. It's being it's it's live all over the place. They have 
they have runs of the people working in there, and they're supposed to be great people. So we'll see what happens. But I have a feeling I know what's going to happen because I think it was a totally crooked election. I think the whole 2020 election was totally crooked, and many people agree with me. You may be one of them. Many people agree with me, as you know. Well, I covered it on my show yesterday. You know, what what are they? Why are they so worried about an audit of an yeah. election? I, I don't. Rachel Maddow nearly lost her mind in a segment about this. There's so if, yeah. if it's all on the up and up, then what are you worried about? What's the problem? They have I, nothing I don't, to worry about if, if it's right, on the up right. and up. They should want it because it ends right, all the right. stuff. You know, it's hard to govern that's, that when half the point. country much more thinks yeah. it was a fake election. So. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Let's let's keep your eyes open on Arizona. It'll be very interesting. You know, it's interesting you'd mentioned the media, Mr. President, because during your time uh, as The Apprentice, as a real estate developer and a businessman, you were a, I mean, I grew up in New York. You were the guy. Right. Everything was Trump. Right. I mean, I went and saw my, one of my first UFC fights live at the Trump, uh, Trump Hotel in Atlantic City. Right. Uh, it was one great. of the yeah, first man. ones. Maybe the first. <laughs> Actually, it was and, the first one, so that was great, yeah. It was one of the first, and you were very loyal to Dana White, and it's interesting, to this day, he's still loyal to you. Goes to show you, you have a great reputation Dana White is community. Dana White is a fantastic guy. Reminds me of you a little bit. Dana White is a fantastic guy, a winner, and we've been friends for a long time. That's right, and he had a very interesting fight on this weekend, if you probably he saw did. it. A couple of interesting yeah, yeah, fights. Yeah, I did. I saw it. I, uh, I saw Chris Weidman, our, our friend Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. Had a rough outing, but yeah. he'll be back. He's a tough guy. You know, it's yep. funny. I ran into Dana White at an airport. He was flying out um, after coming to D.C. to have a chat with you one time. I ran into him at an right. airport, and I said, oh, my right. gosh, you're Dana White. He had no idea who I was. And then a buddy who was with him listens to my show and said, oh, my gosh, you're Dan Bongino. <laughs> and I said, funny. listen, I never got a picture with him, which was uh, I, I missed out. Well, but I was going to bring this up. But Dana is yeah, a know, great like winner. Dana. What he's... What he's done with UFC yeah. is incredible, actually, and he's a winner. Yeah, built it from from scratch. So Project Veritas caught a C at CNN staffer on tape uh, where they basically admitted, uh, quote, propaganda to get rid of Trump. And, uh, quote, our focus, CNN, was to remove Trump from office. I mean, yep. it's remarkable, seriously, that in this last election, given the forces aligned against you, even though the media loved you when I grew up in New York, you were the guy. Yeah. If you were on a show, yeah. it was the biggest show. If you did The Apprentice, everybody loved That's you, right. right? You had CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, the entire Democrat and Rhino Republican and Republican establishment against against you, establishment against you, the swamp, the deep state. Uh, you should have really. You should have lost that election by fifty points. <laughs> it's impossible. You should, and, and yet, all of a sudden, you still have sky high popularity. How does that make you feel, though? This CNN staffer being caught on tape, basically admitting what we already knew. They were dedicated to getting you out of office. Well, I think the guys at uh, Project Veritas have done a tremendous service, not only there, but in many different ways at a lot of different forums. And they get hit all the time, too. I guess they get taken off Twitter and taken off everything. And they are really fantastic. This was an incredible thing. This was for this to have happened was just outrageous. Uh, we knew it was happening anyway, Dan. Look, yeah, nobody doubted it. But now we have it from a pretty top executive. Uh, we have it there. What we're going to do with it, I don't know. Maybe uh, we will do something with it. But we read the transcripts, and the lawyers can't even believe it. This is like a uh, 
campaign contribution of the of, of magnitudes like nobody's ever seen before. And it is incredible that you get the most votes of any sitting president in history and you have virtually everybody, every network. And, you know, I wouldn't say Fox has been exactly perfect. Fox has been a big difference of Fox between now and what it was four years ago, as you know. But we have others that come along and they're doing well. And uh, you look at OAN has been incredible, actually. And that's One American News. They've been incredible. And uh, Newsmax has been really good. And, you know, others are coming along. And people are seeing that they're watching these conservative networks. You know, we have, I say, more than half, substantially more than half the people. I've said if you went to a conservative newscast, like if you look at the newscasts aren't doing particularly well on the networks, if you made one of them a conservative newscast, it would be Walter Cronkite. It would be ratings like you haven't seen in a long time. I but heard a rumor do that. that I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true that you would advise either Zucker or someone else to do that, and you'd said, "Listen, your ratings would explode. You'd have a, a you'd actually have a channel people watch." I don't know if that rumor is true that you advise someone in the media was it NBC or Zucker it's or someone true. to do that. I will tell that, you. It is why true. not? Okay. Breaking news. Uh, Sherry Redstone, somebody that I like a lot. We have a great relationship for a long time. Her father and I got along, and I used to say great things to her father about her when people were going after her. She's very smart, very good. And I told Sherry that if you took your news and made it a conservative uh, newscast, you know, what the uh, CBS Evening News, if you made that a conservative newscast, you would double, triple, maybe even quadruple your ratings. But so far, they haven't done it. Uh, but that's okay. Whatever it is, let them. But if they did that, they would do numbers like they haven't seen before. And I have no I'm doubt about it. Yeah. You know, I someone told me that once. They said, yeah, Trump, uh, 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 President Trump told them to do that. And I, I couldn't remember. I don't know why they wouldn't do it. Frankly, they're doing very badly now. And, and why wouldn't <laughs> right. they do it? They're bad. And they're doing badly. <laughs> and uh, why wouldn't they do it? You know, it's... Yeah. Uh, they would take a, a newscast that's doing horribly and they'd have by far the number one newscast on television, but they don't yeah. seem to want to do that. I don't know. You'll have to explain that sometime. <laughs> yeah, it's a terrible business decision. So uh, uh, moving on, Mr. President, they, uh, the New York Times had a timeline a while ago about the vaccine. Uh, we're going to throw it up in the video version of the show today. Uh, and it was interesting in the timeline, they indicated the vaccine wouldn't be available till 2033. Um, obviously, right. it's not 2033, it's 2021. So what did you do or say to get the government bureaucracy to do something they had never done before, which is produce not only one vaccine, but was it three or four at record yeah. time? I mean, we've never seen what, what what was it one? I mean, what did you do? Did you get them all and in a room coming, and say and cures coming, by yeah. the way, and cures coming, but uh, right. more coming. Uh, the FDA is a very bureaucratic group of people, and they don't like me very much because I push them like nobody's ever pushed them before. And if I weren't president, you wouldn't have a vaccine for anywhere from three to five years. And Fauci felt that would, it would take three to five years, by the way. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't have a vaccine for three to five years. You probably would have never had a vaccine. I push them like they've never been pushed before. And they are not exactly big fans of mine because they didn't like being pushed that way. But they moved and we got it done in less than nine months. And it was going to take at a minimum three or four years or five years or more. You know, it takes 10 years, 12 years for them to get things done. And you would have had 
another Spanish flu. You know, the Spanish flu killed perhaps as many as 100 million people. Well, this is something that is so contagious, as you see, and it gets, you know, it's thank God we have the vaccine because worldwide we saved tens of millions of lives, saved tens of millions of lives. And in our country, you know, in a, in a sense, in a true sense, we saved our country with that vaccine. But I got it done, and I will tell you, nobody else could have done it. Nobody else would have pushed them like I did. And then when it came out, uh, they, came, they, they waited a little bit. When it came out, it was terrible because what they did is they waited till two days after the election. And they didn't want to give me the credit for it because that might have been good for the election. Because it, uh, and I oh, Here comes Trump again. Look at that. Just focus on this man right here. <laughs> That's funny because I was talking about lower back pain. Anyways, go ahead. I understand it. But everybody knew it was coming out anyway because I would say you knew a, a month before, maybe even more than that. But Pfizer also, you know, Pfizer is the fair head company with the, the FDA. And then they do the thing with uh, Johnson & Johnson where they pause it. You know, they use the word pause. It was a terrible thing that they did with Johnson & Johnson. They paused it. And did they do that because they like Pfizer or they like Moderna? You know, they, this is a very unusual group of people over there. But I pushed them to a level. And frankly, somebody said, oh, that might have made a difference. They said, no, I won the election anyway. I ran two elections. I won them both as far as I'm concerned. And we'll see about a third. We'll see soon. You'll be one of the first to know. But I, I will say this, that um, you. you would never, ever have had a vaccine in nine months if I weren't president. That I can tell you, and I think you know that. Uh, one thing I will say that I believe that if the vaccine came out before the election, the press would have made a very small deal out of it. Well, no big deal, no big deal. Uh, when it came out two days after the election, the press made it like the biggest story ever, which it really is the biggest story ever. But if it came out before the election, the fake news media would have made it like a, a whole hum story. You wouldn't have even read about it. You're, pro so Sadly, it you're probably right. It's interesting, too. I just read a story, I believe, in Real Clear Politics that Biden and Harris uh, aren't even attending those governor's meetings. You know, the ones, the COVID governor's yeah. meetings that you attended and then the yeah. governors, some I of them would go that. and run to the media. Biden and Harris aren't even going to those meetings. And yet they attacked you. <laughs> just those incredible. governors on tape, those governors said the best things about me that you'll ever hear. The best things about me, that what a job you're doing. Thank you so much. Great, great, great. And then you'd see one of the Democrats and sometimes a rhino, you know, like from Maryland, who's a total rhino. You'll see him going. Yeah. Nuts. But on tape, we yeah. have them on tape saying the best things about your favorite president, Dan, that you've ever heard. Thank you so much. We got them the gowns and the ventilators and the, we got them everything. We got them. They were empty. They had nothing. And, and by the way, the U.S said nothing too we had i always say the cupboards were bare and we loaded it up and what we did for new york with the convention center we built hospitals all over the country but in new york we built the hospital 2800 beds we moved the ship there we had and, and they didn't even used. use the ship mr president no, it wasn't, it wasn't, he wound up cuomo wound up in sending of lives he sound wound up yeah. sending infected patients into nursing homes he didn't even use the ship you sent out yeah, no. Yeah. We could have Just saved thousands of lives. It's so sad to yeah. see that. It was a terrible thing. Yeah, the, but what I'm, are you I'm, do? I'm with you on the governor of Maryland, too. What I mean, really, he should just call himself a Democrat 
and stop the no, whole routine. He's a, he's a, this guy, I watch him, he's a total loser and he hasn't, <laughs> hasn't been a good governor. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, he will say on tape all this positive stuff. When I meet him, he's so nice, so nice. And then you see him uh, when he's not with you or not on tape where he needs something. It's like, you know, yeah. terrible. No, he's I he had probably the same experience. Wants, I think he wants yeah. to run. I, I think I would give him less than... Uh, less than a zero zero percent chance, okay? But no, he's bad. I'll, I'll make you a bet, not, Mr. Not, President. Not a good governor either. If you run in twenty twenty four, that you destroy him in Maryland, in the Maryland, pro I will bet you my right arm. You yeah, you bury right. him in Maryland if he wins. No, I think that's if, right. if, if, got, sorry, if he runs, he, he doesn't have much going. I can tell you no, that. He doesn't. So, I, anyway, I know you're short on time, Mr. President. So I, I just got a couple more questions, if you if you don't mind. Um, so the Supreme Court is taking up a Second Amendment case about, you know, right to carry, uh, right to, you know, about New York State's draconian anti-Second Amendment laws, finally. Right. I know you've been a big supporter of the Second Amendment. Again, if you decide right. to run again, it was, are, are, are you going to make this a core focus of your run? I mean, Second Amendment crowd, you know, really yeah. got behind you in that 2016 and 2020 run. That's right. No, Second Amendment. I've been great for the Second Amendment. I haven't changed it. I haven't done anything to hurt it. I've saved it. It would have been, you know, largely wiped out if I wasn't president. I think of another person, type person, were president. There was tremendous pressure to obliterate. And as you know, the NRA's had a hard time over the last two years. Uh, New York has been suing them and suing them and suing them. And it's been, uh, you know, they've had a hard time. So they haven't uh, been able to fight the way they had in the past. So it was yeah. sort of my fight. And uh, I've really helped save the Second Amendment. Now we're going to have ruling a ruling come out, which is going to be very important. We're going to have to see how that happens. I appointed three ju justices of the Supreme Court. And uh, let's see how they turn out. Let's see yeah, how they I turn mean, out. Let's see how this ruling. Let's see crossed. how this ruling turns out. Yeah, I mean, I got my fingers crossed that uh, you know Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and uh, and Justice uh, Coney Barrett are going to come through on this case. If they let us down, it'd be a big disappointment. I mean, we really well, they didn't come through in the election. All they had to do is on the election they had to hear the case, and they didn't come through in the election, and uh, not even close to coming through. It was a disgrace what they did. They punted. You know, they said we don't want to hear the, it. The, and the pun not that bothered facts, me the most. Not on the yeah. facts. Hey, you know, one thing about the the state legislatures have to approve any of these changes right. that they were making to the election, right. election day, all the extensions, right. everything. They have to. They didn't do it. So therefore, it was not legal. It was done incorrectly. You know, the Democrats went to the legislatures, five legislatures. I don't need anywhere near that. They went and the Republican legislatures turned them down and then they did all these changes anyway. And that's unconstitutional because it's in the Constitution that the only changes that could be not a state court, not a state Supreme Court, the only changes and not politicians that could be made, the only changes have to be made through the state legislatures. They didn't make the changes these guys just went and the supreme court said we're going to punt because they didn't want to make the tough decision they they had no courage and that took more courage than what you're talking about now to be honest with you but they had no courage on the election they were gutless and i'm very very saddened by it and so is the country they didn't want to take it on it was an issue that was so simple and we actually had 20 states including texas texas led it so 
So because they say the president of the United States doesn't have the standing. Can you imagine that? The president doesn't have the standing to go before the Supreme Court. So they had 20 states go before the Supreme Court, almost 20. They would have had much more than that. And they said and they threw it. They threw it out. They didn't want to hear the case, even though if they did what we said, uh, the con- it was unconstitutional. But they didn't want to make that decision. So a lot of people in our country are ashamed of the United States Supreme Court. And I happen to be one of them. I happen to be one of them. Yeah, I, I thought it was bizarre they didn't take up the case, especially considering what Pennsylvania did just bureaucratically changing their election laws without any oh. legislative input oh. at all. I mean, well, there's the never been a clearer case constitutional was, case. And the, yeah, the Pennsylvania case was another case. And that was one that they could have taken up. But that was a single state. We had it all over. You know, this the big one was the Texas uh, case where That's you right. had all these states and they wanted it done and they had total standing. That's why they did it that way. It would be I wish I could have just gone in individually or as president. But they say president of the United States. How screwed up is a court system when they say the president of the United States doesn't have standing to fight a corrupt election? But this was a corrupt election, not only with uh, dead people voting, not only with illegal immigrants voting, not only with all of these people from out of state voting and so many other things and time limits and everything else. This was corrupt in that they didn't have the right to make these changes. Like in Georgia, they didn't have, they have a consent decree. They didn't have the consent decree, which made it very, very, the governor has, it's just terrible the job they've done. They didn't have the right to, to sign that consent decree because it wasn't approved by the state legislature. The, the consent decree made it very hard for a Republican to win. With all of that being said, we got tremendous number of votes, and we'll see what happens. Watch Arizona, and we'll see what happens after that. All right. Last question, Mr. President. I know you were a, again, you were a big favorite in Hollywood prior to declaring yourself a Republican. If you were to run as a I Democrat— was. You'd be on Mount Rushmore right now if you just would have said I'm a Democrat. But these Hollywood phonies, they don't seem to get it. They used to put you in their videos and all this stuff, these music videos. But now we're seeing that, uh, you know, that boomerangs come around and slammed them in the face. The Oscars, I saw your uh, your recent release about this, which came out uh, uh, yesterday. It it Um, was so bad. It was so bad. the, The audience is down to 9 million from 23 million a year ago. You think these yeah. people are in Hollywood are ever going to learn, or are they really this stupid, thinking no. this woke stuff has an audience? They took this show, which was number two every year after the Super Bowl. Your Super Bowl was number one. And they didn't call it the Oscars. They called it the Academy Awards, which they should get back to. You know, now they call it the Oscars. And that's not the same as the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards are a much more elegant name. Anyway, they didn't call it that. They they called it the Academy Awards. And I said, I don't know if you saw what I just put up, but I, people were asking me so many times about it. They should go back to the Academy Awards. They should go back 15 years and take a look at those great broadcasts from 15 years forward or back and do it and stop being politically correct and do it. But this was a horror show. This was not watchable. I tried to watch it, and it's, it wasn't watchable. And I'm sure you were there too. And I'm sure your incredible wife did not did not enjoy. There was nothing to enjoy. No, it we, was yeah, just we terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> what a what a what a shame to see such a a great institution trivialized like they've done. 
I don't watch it's the Oscars, terrible. but I will tell you, and I will, I'll let you go, but I will tell you something I would watch and that on my show I've been clamoring for. I never tell you this when I see you in person because I don't want to waste your time, but we need a Trump rally, sir. We need you out there to do, can, just do, can you just do one for fun? We need to feel we'll alive again. We'll do one again. soon. They love the will rallies. You? We did We I, did 56 rallies. We never had an empty slot. We never, never. had an empty seat. Yeah. We averaged 25,000 people. We had one in Pennsylvania, 52,000. We had one in Florida that was probably close to 70,000 people on two days' notice. And and then they tell you you lost the state. It's not even possible. It's not even possible. So it's just one of those things. It's uh, Look, we had a corrupt election. We had corrupt counters. The counters were more important than the candidate. And it's just one of those things. And uh, we will... Uh, we'll, we're fighting all the way, and we'll see what happens, and we'll also see what happens in 24. Um, I think we're going to do well in 22, and then we're going to make a big decision on 24. Hi, I'm Steve Trey. Okay, we're going to go ahead and stop there. That's basically the end of the interview, and we're not going to promote this, uh, whatever this Legion person is. Ooh, I don't like the name of that. Okay, guys, so that was the Dan Bongino interview. Let me go ahead and see if I can't shrink this on my screen. Now, in the interest of time, we're not going to play the highlights from Maria Bartiromo's interview with Trump. It's an hour long, guys. Whenever Trump does one of these marathon interviews, I just can't seem to fit the news in at the Sea Report. Makes me wonder if I should go another hour or maybe do another late night report. Hmm, I don't know. We'll think about it. You guys let me know what you think about that and uh, we'll see what's up. I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to Rachel Rich over on Twitter. Thank you for coming and joining us on Twitter. Let your friends know because, you know, we love having an audience over there. And then Hanja over there at Twitter. Thanks for also, I mean, uh, Twitch. Thanks for coming in. And Tracy Lee 555 I hope you have a wonderful Monday evening. Um, okay, guys. So let me go ahead and get back into the news. We're going to skip over Maria Bartiromo uh, and her highlights. Uh, but what we are going to play is this fun one before we get into the Let's election stuff. The now, Trump made another appearance. <laughs> I know you guys are going to think we just idolized this man. No, we idolized what he stands for. And actually, we don't even idolize it. We just appreciate it. But anyways, he gave another appearance at Mar-a-Lago talking again about elections and election fraud. So let's give, uh, let's give our dear president a quick listen. Oh, whoops. Expanded the wrong box. They find. I wouldn't be surprised if they found thousands and thousands and thousands of votes. So we're going to watch that very closely. And after that, you'll watch Pennsylvania and you watch Georgia and you're going to watch Michigan and uh, Wisconsin and you're watching New Hampshire. They found a lot of votes up in New Hampshire just now. You saw that because this was a rigged election. Everybody knows it, and we're going to be uh, we're going to be watching it very closely. But start off by. You just take a look. It's on. It's on closed circuit. I guess it's on all over the place because everyone's talking about yesterday front page of the New York Times. They didn't want to write it, but that's because they thought they were going to have a negative uh, decision, and the judge gave them gave us a positive decision. That's just awesome, guys. So, like, can you imagine how the legacy media, the lamestream media, all those establishment types must feel like they have this man releasing what? He's releasing uh, uh, press releases. Uh, he's making statements. He keeps popping up in all of the strangest places. <laughs> 
they're probably like, we cannot get rid of this man. Well, let's get into it, guys. Let's go ahead and see what was going on. Uh, we had a new statement from Trump, and it was a very brief statement in regards to what's going on in Maricopa County and what the uh, the Dems and the Libs say. Um, the fraudulent, fraudulent presidential election of 2020 will, from this day forth be known as the big lie. And that's a di in direct contrast, a direct attack, I guess you could say, uh, because that's all that they've said. Uh, you've heard it from the New York Times, you've heard it from CNN, MSNBC, all of the talking heads out there calling it the big lie, the big lie, the big lie, Trump and his big lie about election fraud. And now we're quickly seeing that this is being overturned. Of course, we're still going to be waiting on the developments and all of the details uh, that will be coming out from uh, the Arizona Maricopa County audit. And again, don't forget, you can see that audit live at azaudit.org. And I just, I like to do this here. Oh man, they are busy today. Check this one out. What is got? Oh, all the tables are almost full. You see all the yellow shirts, all the red, uh, green shirts, blue shirts. We're going to take a look at what these guys' functions are today on the C report in the interest of time. Just to let you guys know, we may be running a few minutes over, maybe 10 minutes maybe 15 at the most. But yeah, it's some, that's some good stuff there. You see they are all in full. And we've had people going in trying to debunk this. We've had people who've broken in. We'll get into some more of that as our report goes on. So let's just get straight over to the state of Arizona. I like to keep that nice. Yeah, there's the Arizona flag. Yeah, you know it. You love it. Let's see what's going to happen. Okay, so over at the Arizona audit, just to catch everybody up in case you missed it, starting on Wednesday, uh, we had had that hearing where this Judge Martin, uh, he basically denied stopping the recount. It was going to continue. Now, of course, there's also scandal over Martin because he should technically and theoretically and ethically be recusing himself along with uh, Pamela Gates since her husband Bill Gates serves on the county board of the Maricopa County and he also tried to shut down this audit so if the husband's wife is trying to shut down the audit why would the wife then uh, uh, nominate or or assign a judge to it who's also uh, who's also put into place by Janet Napolitano like it's just all this huge web the gateway pundit broke that story but um, in regards to what Judge Martin's decision was, Trump did release a statement that said, big victory today in Arizona, a highly respected judge has just ruled that the forensic audit being done by the Arizona State Senate can and will continue. Over 100 Democrat lawyers were sent to fight against the audit. The result will be interesting for the USA and the world to see. Why are the Democrats fighting so hard to hide the facts? And I know why, and so does everyone else. I know we do, guys. So, some other developments that we were seeing out of the um, Maricopa County audit there at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum was that the machines had been returned. Now, nine machines. Uh, these were machines that were um, used during the audit process. Um, I'm sorry, during the uh, election vote counting process, were returned. And of course, uh, the lamestream media, legacy media, the libs, they, they made no short distance of time when it came to saying things like, oh, well, the reason why they're returning those machines is because obviously there was nothing wrong. And uh, Katie, ha Katie Hobbs, the SOS, uh, <laughs> SOS SOB um, over there, who's also a George Soros plant, uh, had sent officials in to inspect it. And I guess that scared the auditors into sending it back 
Well, no, unfortunately, that's not the case, legacy media and liberals. That's not why the machines went back. Um, there was an IT expert who shared information regarding the normal process that it takes place when they're auditing these machines. And basically what they do is they make a copy of the machine. They make a copy of the, the software, everything that happened into it, and then they can return those machines back to the county. So it had nothing to do with the fact that there was nothing going on with these machines and they just had them there, what, uh, as eye candy to make it look like they were doing something. They, in fact, uh, most likely made several copies, more than one copy of each machine uh, and a copy for safekeeping and for review so they can see everything that was going on, the internal work-wise of, of these machines. Um, and the former Arizona Secretary of State, Kent Bennett, who's also the acting liaison between the Senate and what's going on at the recount, he oversaw those machines going back uh, on the trucks to Maricopa County offices. Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. It's exactly, they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They weren't going to open up the machines and, you know, uh, uh, unscrew them and take away all the mechanics and all that stuff of it. They were actually just making a copy of the inside files and then they could run their, um, they could run their processes on it from there. So there are still 385 smaller machines that were used at election day polling places uh, still there at Maricopa, at the uh, Veterans Memorial um, Coliseum to be reviewed or audited, what have you. So that's still happening. Now, in addition to that, we've also seen them come under attack saying that they're not going to be able to finish this audit in time, that there's no way by May 14th, which is approximately, what, about 10 days from now, 10 to 11 days, that they'll be able to have all of this done. But as it turns out, uh, they have added more shifts. They're almost around the clock. There's nothing going on overnight, though, uh, which I do think is important because we want to make sure, I guess, uh, philosophically speaking, uh, that everything is done in the daylight. But more shifts have been added, and they've also increased the amount of tables on the floor, whereas they started with 20, they now have 46. So there's all of those efforts going underway, and... Um, Former Secretary of State Ken Bennett has assured that at the counts and the rate that they're moving right now, that they will have that completed. Now, uh... Another interesting uh, a for a point of attack that was happening with this. Now, you all know that we had many firms, many law firms, as well as many nonprofit, uh, not-for-profit organizations coming out and um, attacking them and saying, you know, a, a various many reasons of why this audit couldn't go forward. Well, we did have a new one. This one was from, again, the Brennan Center for Justice. I'm sure you guys remember uh, the letter that we had shared with you last week, I believe, on Wednesday, um, as long as well as protect democracy. So now these guys are saying basically that um, uh, that the auditors are engaged in imminent and ongoing violations. So let's take a look at what this letter had to say. I'll go ahead and expand that for you guys. Uh, now, this one said, we write to request that you deploy federal monitors to the Arizona Veterans Memorial Coliseum where agents of the Arizona Senate are reviewing ballots. So now not only, uh, now that they haven't had their way with anything, now they want the federal government to send in monitors. Uh, let's see what their reasoning was. Uh, we are very concerned that the auditors are engaged in ongoing and imminent violations of federal voting and election laws. Specifically, we believe 
argued that the Senate and its agents, including Cyber Ninjas, are one, violating their duty under federal law to retain and preserve ballots cast in a federal election, which are and have been in danger of being stolen, defaced, and irretrievably damaged, and two, preparing to engage in conduct which will constitute unlawful voter intimidation in violation with the Voting Rights uh, Act and other federal laws. And then the letter goes on to describe in detail why it is they feel that way. Of course, they're all going on feelings. And, you know, uh, just a short point. This is not an election. This is an audit of an election. So most of those points don't really count. But in any regard, uh, Kelly Ward, president of the um, Republican State Senate, had a really fiery rebuttal um, against this uh, notion. So let's go ahead and hear what she had to say. I turn her volume up. Time for America's audit update from the Republican Party of Arizona. I'm your chairwoman, Dr. Kelly Ward. Today's update is a call to action for all of us to join together to protect this audit and support our efforts to keep the process from being undermined or stopped by the Democrats. I think we're at a tipping point. There are serious developments in the ongoing forensic audit and the hand recount of ballots cast in the 2020 election in Maricopa County. Number one. A group of so-called experts on election security and administration are asking the Justice Department to send federal monitors to Arizona. Who are these experts, as the media likes to call them? The two lead actors are the Brennan Center for Justice and the Protect Democracy group. Their names sound innocent, of course, but both of those groups are major backroom players in Washington who work hand-in-hand with Democrats at every level. They are aggressive, dirty players funneling millions of corporate monies to advance social re-engineering and identity politics while working with BLM and Marxist groups to literally destroy our nation. Number two, let's be totally clear about this. Arizona is off limits to the federal government trampling on our constitutional rights and our sovereignty when it comes to managing our own elections. We believe in the U.S. Constitution, including the Tenth Amendment. That includes horning in to pretend to monitor our audit with the goal of interfering with the Arizona Senate's right to audit an election, which has been upheld by the Arizona Supreme Court. Three, we also do not want or need partisan attack dogs like the Brennan Center or Protect Democracy coming in to observe or interfere or undermine our elections and the Arizona State Senate audit. But they are coming with their lawyers, with their money and with their agenda to attempt to derail this full forensic audit that is being done by qualified experts. They say they have deep concerns about how the audit is being conducted, warning that it's put ballots in danger of being stolen, defaced or irretrievably damaged. These are outright lies, and we have got to expose them and refuse a set of false Democrat facts to take root. Number four, yesterday's Secretary of State, Democrat hack Katie Hobbs, got access to the audit floor by way of a court-pushed agreement between the parties. Although she was always offered access, she now has representatives and observers monitoring the audit. Five, now here's the dangerous part, and it worries me tremendously. Of the three observers representing Hobbs, two are none other than an election consultant with Protect Democracy and an attorney with the Brennan Center. 
So rather than officials of the Secretary of State's office on the floor, we have two of the most notorious D.C. Democrat players on the floor representing Arizona voters by way of an elected official. She's bringing the feds in where they have absolutely no business. All of this is an insult to Arizona voters and it threatens our sovereignty as the state of Arizona. It's a dangerous precedent in this ongoing audit. We are at a precipitous time as the audit is now under even more major assaults and it is threatening to get worse. So please stay vigilant and be active. Support our efforts to get the word out. Share this video. Contact Katie Hobbs and tell her to stop undermining our state with federal interference and to stop interfering in what the vast majority of Arizona voters want, a full forensic audit to restore voter confidence and assure election integrity. Stay tuned for our next updates on the Arizona audit, America's audit. Thanks for joining. I'll see you soon. All right. Okay. And uh, I don't know, I think I said Kelly Ward, I might have said Kelly Martin, but anywho, so that was what she had to say. I thought that was pretty fiery and uh, well to do. So excellent work there. And we're going to stay on top of that, guys. Absolutely. Now, some other things that we had going on in the state of Arizona. Let me go ahead and bring our flag back on up over here. Um, Let's see what I have here. Um, from uh, the news outlet CD Media, um, we actually had an, uh, an, a story where they had seen intelligence surveillance aircraft circling the Arizona audit location and collecting information on American citizens working towards election integrity. So that I thought was kind of interesting. Now, uh, the article from CD Media said that they had been informed by multiple verified sources that the United States government intelligence surveillance aircraft has been circling over Arizona election audit location. This um, aircraft is the PC-12, and it has full motion video capability, and it can also vacuum up cell phone transmissions and follow the connection to other ends of the call to find out intelligence on the other party involved. These aircraft were used heavily in the Middle East against terrorists, and there's no information on what the United States government agency is using the aircraft for to spy on citizens working on the election. Uh, so people were kind of uh, wondering about that. I guess they'd seen this thing circling overhead. I was actually surprised to know that it had all of these capabilities and they didn't know exactly what agency it was that was utilizing these aircraft. Well, the Gateway Pundit confirmed that they were able to verify that the aircraft circling the Phoenix area and the Coliseum was actually a police bird because it took off near Deer Valley Airport where the police air, uh, airport is supported. That location is there. Um, now, if you want more information on that, because it was actually a pretty detailed article, I'd recommend going over to the Gateway Pundit and scoping it out for yourself. It shows like flight patterns and all that stuff. And they also had gotten the uh, tail numbers or the tag number on those aircraft so they could more uh, accurately determine what that was. So that was a little bit of the hubbub. Now, there was a little bit more drama that was going on over there. As, uh, the Epic Times had reported that there was actually a reporter who got booted out of the election audit for for allegedly violating election audit orders uh, 
handed down by the judge, right? And there's more drama going on with that judge, too. Let me tell you what. So, okay, so in regards to this reporter, his name was Ryan Rendazzo. He reported reports for the Arizona Republic. Now, this gentleman took some pictures while on the floor. Now, there's been a lot of controversy and hearsay and non-say and what-say about exactly what role um, uh, reporters can have in this audit. Now, it's open and it's transparent. We've already disclosed the fact that that one guy from the uh, Phoenix family news station or whatever call numbers it is had been going on for about four days that he'd been allowed to sneak in and that the doors were wide open and then eventually it actually came out that a reporter from another agency or maybe the same agency had actually left a brick in the door and that was one of the ways that he was able to get in but of course you know it was never clear about how close he got to the ballots if he was actually able to touch the ballots and so this amounted basically to a nothing burger whenever it went before um, I think the Secretary of State where they were calling for them to go ahead and shut it down because it was not secure. Um, uh, State AG, I apologize, it was AG Bramovich who they had approached about that. But anyhow... The whole reason why this uh, this uh, reporter, Ryan Randazzo, took the picture was because it was a picture of a former Republican representative by the name of by the name of Anthony Kern. Now, Anthony Kern is a pro-Trumper. He was very pro-Trump and he was very much for the overturning uh, for um, getting to the bottom of what was going on with this election theft there in Arizona. And when uh, Ryan Randazzo, I guess, had taken the picture because I suppose he was thinking that would show that there was some, you know, bias there. Keep in mind that representative, uh, Republican representative Anthony Kern cannot change the votes. It's not like he could, you know, swap them out or rewrite the name or change the ballot in any way. All he could do is just follow the process. And uh, there were other reporters who were in um, the uh, in the audit site who saw the process and verified that it was actually very accurate. Like they take pictures of the ballots, then they scan the ballots, and then they do other things to the ballots before they go on to actually and they then they notate um, and they're numbered. Like it's a, it's a very very it sounds like a very uh, um, a very uh, complicated process almost. But in light of that, and with, you know, three or four other watchers around the table, I don't think that uh, Representative Anthony Kern could have gotten away with, you know, I don't know, maybe signing or bubbling in ballots for, I don't know what they thought that he would have done. But apparently Ryan Randazzo thought that this was enough of a story to, to flash a picture of this former representative. And in that picture, a ballot appears. Um, so once once that went out, basically it was a, a violation of that policy. Now, Ken Bennett, again, the former SOS of Arizona, who's also the audit liaison, said that the candidates for helping with the audit are not automatically excluded. So just because Kern was working there as a volunteer does not mean that he should automatically be excluded. Um, and uh, let's see, he also said that he can't change any of the votes on these ballots. So if he met other requirements, they have other for that they have for other counters, which obviously he has because he is a counter and that he is counting. Well, I mean, basically you can't do that. But the, the photograph of this ballot was enough to get this man removed because, again, they're talking about security of, a, of voters and, and, and privacy issues. Well, why are you going to flash a picture with a ballot in it and then possibly that gets out and then they could have used that as a story, obviously, to say there is no security because we took a picture of a ballot and they didn't say anything. And they did. They removed this guy um, um, immediately from uh, the counting floor. 
Now, that wasn't the only thing that was going on. Um, now, remember, we're talking about this uh, Judge Martin again. Judge Martin, um, who, again, was selected by Pamela Gates, whose husband serves on the Maricopa County a commissioner's board and was also a Janet Napolitano insert. Um, so uh, this man, we're like, okay, well, he went ahead and said that the count has to continue. Uh, President Trump said that he was an honorable judge, but then this mishap happens. Do you guys remember how we were talking about how the Dems wanted to ensure that um, that they were able to uh, they were able to know the exact procedure that Cyber Ninjas was going to take in order to get this uh, this audit accomplished. Like they want to know the inside dirt. They want to know exactly what method Cyber Ninjas was going to use. So this way they could get ahead of it, of course. So the judge on April thirtieth claimed uh, uh, a court release its security plan to the public, despite knowing it was meant to be shielded. Okay, so well, let me break that sentence down for you because basically what we saw in the news media as of like the 28th, the 29th, the 30th, the news media was reporting that Judge Martin said Cyber Ninjas has to release this plan to the public. That's what the news media said. Do you want to know why the news media said that? Because the clerk of Judge Martin's court accidentally released to the public the seven-page plan, otherwise known as Exhibit D6, to the public. So for a whole afternoon, the plans that were supposed to be remained sealed and were 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 um were uh were commanded to be sealed by the judge. In other words, he said it's they have to be sealed. We're not going to release it to the public. It was acknowledged. Uh, in fact, we have here in the report that although the court had acknowledged since 11:02 a.m. that day that the parties agreed that Exhibit D9 should be sealed and not made available to the public, the court released Exhibit D9 to the public via Maricopa County's clerk of the Superior Court website. Um, and so there was this whole detail. The exhibit began to appear on the Internet after 6 p.m. that day. And later on that evening, a local media outlet published an article that described the details of the exhibit. Now, in the interest of uh, integritous journalism and, uh, you know, other Internet, internet, internet activity, um, I went ahead and searched that out. Um, and on the uh, Maricopa County Supreme Court clerk's uh, website in Indeed, when you looked for that page, there was a 404. They've since removed it because it was a court order that these were to be remain sealed, but somehow they still leaked out, right? I guess that's why this judge is still in place. Um, they did have other Exhibit D available um, for uh, for viewing. So this was a, a copy of um, Exhibit D1 through D8. Uh, this one was from Cypher, not from Cyber Ninjas. Uh, and this one kind of went into uh, the ballot counting procedures and then also uh, details on what the uh, ultraviolet lights had to do. So D9 was stricken from this. We're not going to go through it. It's 191 pages. Uh, we also found this one. This one was another one that talked about, um, was this a cyber ninjas? But uh, this, this one didn't. This is the one I'm looking for. Wake TSI. This one was an 18 page on the counting floor policy. So all of these were still available to the public, these procedures, but specifically exhibit D nine was what was withheld and should have remained withheld. Um, but again, uh, the, the clerk accidentally released those to the public. Um, there was another, I think it was actually that one that I had showed you previously that, that they had tried to go ahead and, um, 
they had published it. It was another, it was another Arizona one, uh, a news agency had had that earlier, but basically what they said was, um, that they had found out the plans and, and then the rest of the story has been removed. Like the headline's still there, but the, the story's been removed. And that was from a local uh, Phoenix um, um, newscaster there. So that's a little bit of what was going on there. Uh, we are not going to get into the jobs of the yellow, the green and the blue shirts. Um, I'm, I had some video on that that I was going to share less than 10 minutes, but the interest of time, we're going to continue. What I will tell you is the blue shirts, the job of the blue shirts is to look for folds and bends in the paper so, you know, you remember the reports that were saying that they were counting some ballots that had no creases in it. These are the mail-in ballots that had no creases in it. Um, well, these people were looking at the folds and the bends and all of that physical physicality that the paper goes through when going through this whole process. The yellow shirts are there to look at mail-in ballots. Uh, and then the green shirts were there to examine the ballots that were lined up in error. This has to do with the printing of the ballots. Um, if you if you all would like to see those videos, uh, look up Doug... Ten, Tenape, I think is what his name was. Let me see if I, oh, Doug Tenaple. Look up Doug Tenaple and he does this whole, they're like 10 minute videos on um, what each of these uh, shirt colors functions are in this audit. And uh, there's still some more, I think like the pink shirts are actually state representatives. The orange shirts are actually reporters. And then I think we still have, um, no, maybe that's all of the shirts. Uh, green, orange, yellow, uh, pink. I, I haven't seen any pink shirts, but those are state representatives. So anyhow, that's a little bit of that. Look up Doug Tenaple, spelled T-E-N-N-A-P-L-E, -E, like 10 apple. Uh, and, uh, and you'll be able to see some of his videos on that. All right, guys, we're almost at the end of the report. Let's keep on chugging along because I want to talk to you guys about New Hampshire. Okay, so in New Hampshire, we heard that they were going to go ahead and start doing an audit of the votes in Wyndham County, New Hampshire. So people were like, yay, we're going to have an audit there. But then all of this news started coming out about how this audit might might be undermined from the jump like they're already going to undermine this audit and so here's a what we had here this was a call to action that was released on monday may 3rd it said um for it was going to be at the windham high school show up and show your support for free and fair elections in windham and the entire state of new hampshire windham board of selectmen have chosen the wrong forensic an analyst um, this is our last opportunity to appeal to the board to overturn their decision based on the conflict of interest. So you guys might be wondering what that conflict of interest might be over there in the state of New Hampshire. So let's just take a quick look at it. Now, this was from We the People Want a Fair Forensic Audit. It says, we want an unbiased all-American forensic auditor, and we are recommending Joven Pulitzer. Um, the Facebook group, New Hampshire Voter Integrity Group, has over 3,000 signatures for this forensic auditor. So the people of New Hampshire are calling for the methods of Joven Pulitzer to be used in New Hampshire. Now, this is the same, uh, these are the, this is the same guy, Joven Pulitzer, who actually helped organize and write up the entire process that is going on in Maricopa County. Um, now, the selectmen board members are not listening, and that's why they're having 
having this call to action happening today in New Hampshire. Now, Jovin has said that he has been offered $10 million to not perform any audits. Makes you wonder why they're offering him that kind of money. But Jovin is 100% a patriotic American, and he will not be bought. Um, Jovin was also featured yesterday. I think I was watching over on the NPC show. They're having a, they're having a breakout sessions on audit processes, and he was one of the speakers who was uh, running one of those sessions. So that's actually where I learned about Jovin, so that was kind of cool. Thanks for having that again on the air, Frank. We appreciate it over here at the Sea Report. Uh, but now let's look at what was going on with um, – with that, uh, with that audit and who the selectmen had chosen. Now, from the Gateway Pundit, from American Patriots to People of Wyndham, your forensic audit in Wyndham is being secretly sabotaged. Sabotaged. The selectmen chose a gentleman or a man by the name of Mark Lindman, who is the co-director of the nonprofit Verified Voting as part of this audit team. So Verified Voting apparently used to be a trusted organization for performing these type of audits and actually for just calling uh, for um, election integrity in general. In the past, verified vote, voting fought for paper ballots um, when the country was being told to go with paperless electronic voting machines. And uh, verified voting fought for that and made sure that paper ballots were used um, and, and, and also in addition to these um, electronic machines. But apparently... Verified voting is no longer reliable. There were two um, uh, different uh, uh, selectmen who had been part of this process who resigned. They were respected computer scientist board members who were part of verified voting, and they resigned. And here's a little bit about the reason why. Um, one of these uh, one of these individuals, again, a computer scientist who's part of the board by the name of Phil Stark, PhD, um, he had this to say in his resignation letter. I believe that verified voting has lost its way. It has been providing cover for inherently untrustworthy voting systems and the officials who bought them, the companies that make them and any officials who might contemplate buying them in the future by conducting risk limiting audits of untrustworthy paper records, creating the false and misleading impression that relying on untrusty, untrustworthy paper for the uh, for a RIA can confirm election outcomes and debasing the meaning of RIA in the process. Um, our message to jurisdictions that busy, poorly designed, insecure, universal use of BMD systems should be, we tried to warn you, you need a better voting system. Instead, we're saying, don't worry, uh, verified voting will teach you to sprinkle magic RIA dust and fantasies about parallel testing on your untrustworthy election. All will be fine. You can use our authority and reputation to silence your critics. Now, I believe what they're talking about there, again, goes back to that um, uh, alignment, the alignment. Now, Jovan had several videos. Uh, uh, he had a video conference out where they had several examples of how the uh, print and the way uh, that um, the ballots are printed uh, – whether they're, they're missing barcodes or certain, uh, certain, I guess, uh, lines, a uh, lineup. I don't know how to say that technically speaking, cause I'm, I'm not involved in that, but where an authentic ballot will have a certain type of markings and barcoding, uh, these, uh, these, uh, um, unaligned ballots, they will also then have 
those same markings but different or skewed or just not in the proper place or they might be missing barcoding altogether so that's something that they were talking about here now this uh the second um for a uh, former member of the board for verified voting who's also respected computer scientist by the name of mr demillo said in his uh letter of resignation although my concerns have been growing for some time now verified voting's involvement in a pilot ra in georgia following the recent election makes it impossible to continue as a member of the advisory board verified voting issued and supported misleading public statements that those pilots confirm outcomes and even prove the security of new election systems verified voting seal of approval for the security theatrics in bartow county um, undermines efforts to make elections more accountable the exercise conducted behind closed doors and billed as a practice run even if flawlessly conducted could only confirm the correctness of the tally of the unverified and therefore possibly corrupted ballots not the ballots tallied were correctly marked no audit based on an untrustworthy audit can a trail can confirm the correctness of the outcome i can no longer lend my name to verified voting if they are successful at confusing the public about the correctness of election outcomes in georgia and elsewhere i fear it will be in some measure due to the absence of values once embraced by verified voting uh, the article um, also went on to say that Tracy Baines, who um, is also an investigative journalist for Uncovered DC, and we've covered some of their stories here on the Sea Report, published a story on this NH1 New Hampshire audit. In her April 28th article, Wyndham New Hampshire officials choose auditor opposed to audit in Maricopa County, Arizona. Um, Reporter Michelle Edwards said, Mark Lindman is the co-director of Verified Voting, a nonprofit with a history of working with left-leaning organizations, including the Brennan Center for Justice the American Civil Liberties Union, the Leadership Conference for Civil and Human Rights, and Common Cause. Also worth noting is that Verified Voting Board Chair Barbara Simmons also sits on the board of the Democracy Alliance, an influential Soros-funded donor collective. So Mark Lindman of Verified Voting is the exact same guy who sent a very threatening letter on April 13th, along with the Carter Center, the Brennan Center, and some unknown private not-for-profit company, RSM Election Technologies, to the Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, And you guys might remember, we actually did show you that um, letter on the C-Report, just a refresher. This is that letter uh, that they sent um, where they were threatening and, and telling them that they needed to stop. And you'll note here at the very bottom, there is Mark Lindman co-director of verified voting so how can we have this guy who is in arizona saying you need to stop this audit how can we have him verify an audit in the state of new hampshire i mean we can't do it guys they can't do it let's just see if they continue who knows? All right, guys, this is going to be the last story and we're going to wrap. I'm sorry we ran over time. I promise we won't do it again. But um, uh, this one comes from Montana. Now, you guys remember we were t in our episode that talked about election fraud all across the board in the United States because people don't believe it's real. So we here at the Searport decided to dig up the stories that prove that it is real. We had not not it is real. No, just kidding. It is real. Anyways. OK, so we had this story in Montana where they had all of this, um, all of these findings 
findings in regards to uh, the electronic voter system and the voter rolls, and that there was a lot of uh, questionable data that was coming up. And uh, we tried, we attempted to do a follow up at the C report. We never got any responses, but whether by um, email or by phone, uh, because we felt that there was enough time for the Supreme Court to move forward with that case. Now there is this amazing story that came across my desk, thanks to Joe One of Two over at the Q and A Holds News Report, and I'm just going to go news desk, and I'm going to go ahead and just read down this report because it is insane, guys. Okay, so this comes from WayneDupree.com, and this is, and so I was thinking, okay, um, Montana Supreme Court. The legislature, y'all have had enough time to figure out what you're going to do. Now, let's find out what the skinny is. Apparently, the entire Montana Supreme Court is imploding with possible impeachment and jail time on the table. It kind of takes me back to Dan Bongino talking to President Trump there about our Supreme Court. It was like, Dan, did you forget what these people did during this whole um, election process? Like, they totally went against the Constitution. SCOTUS gate is coming, guys. And I think Montana, little SCOTUS skate, is, is kind of like a, a signal that, yes, even the, even the justices of any said Supreme Court can be biased, even though they're supposed to be apolitical and nonpartisan, and they're supposed to, what, be blind, blind justice? Right. Yeah, that's not what's going on here. So expect SCOTUS gate to break soon, guys. I wouldn't doubt that it's going to happen sooner or later. We're going to have a lot of things coming up on the current uh, Supreme Court. Court of the United States of America. But let's get into this article. They're talking about how, um, you know, the Supreme Court and indeed everything going on in Montana is a liberal wasteland, right? Well, here's the developing story from the Montana Gazette. It says a developing scandal regarding the Montana Supreme Court and their refusal to abide by information requests for their email correspondence on publicly owned servers. But what lies under the surface of the scandal and what is currently developing will likely lead to the biggest news story in Montana politics in decades. Ultimately, the scandal might lead to the impeachment of Supreme Court justices and the arrest of at least one employee of the court. In the end, Governor Gianfort might be able to appoint new justices to the Montana Supreme Court, which they're all liberal, right? Now, the Helena, um, the Helena Independent Record stated that the Montana Supreme Court administrator deleted the emailed results from a poll of judges seeking opinions on a law now being challenged in the Supreme Court, according to documents provided by the Montana News Bureau. The Montana Attorney General's office raised the issue when it included in court filings 18 of the judges' responses, although it's unclear where those, um, uh, where the office obtained them. Um, so, the article says of the 37 judges who participated in the poll, 34 of them voiced opposition and three of them said they supported it. The poll was then used to determine how the court should lobby the legislature through the Montana Judges Association. Basically, the Supreme Court justices were so mad over this bill, they began conducting polls to collect ammo behind the scenes to use it in their ruling, which was obviously going against the bill that they did not approve of. Um, it's unthinkable, it says, but basically these these nonpartisan Supreme Court judges politicized the court. They started seeking information to undermine the ruling 
in their favor. Um, it says Montana's AG Austin Knudsen got wind of the poll and immediately stayed the case. He wanted to keep the court from ruling until the Supreme Court administration could turn over the mails from the justices that were all placed on public servers in order to figure out who should and shouldn't recuse themselves for biased reasons from the case. But that didn't happen. The court literally ignored the AG's order and acted in their own liberal interests and ruled in their own favor on the case. And it gets worse. The investigation began to see uh, into these illegal activities. The Supreme Court personnel at the center of the scandal claims the emails, again on a public server, were not retained. So that means that they may have destroyed evidence. The Montana Daily Gazette reports that the ordeal scandalous primarily and initially because the Supreme Court justices theoretically are to remain neutral on matters previous to public hearings and listening to the arguments officially presented. Chief Justice Mike McGrath recused himself from the case because he had personally lobbied Governor Gianfort and Lieutenant Governor Kristen Juris to veto SB 140. Another judge, Silverbow uh, District County District Court Judge Kurt Kruger also recused himself after Knudsen revealed that he had expressed his bias toward the bill in the poll prior to hearing the argument presented. Meanwhile, several legislative items this session have been aimed at creating an atmosphere of honesty in the nomination and election of justices to allow or coerce them to notify voters whether they lean left or right politically. Liberals, including those on the court, have repeatedly and reliably spurned those efforts content to keep their bias in the shadows and prevent public from knowing their presuppositional partisanship. Um, so that's a pretty crazy story that is developing out of Montana. Uh, it concludes that staff working for Montana senators emailed Supreme Court Ministers Beth McLaughlin on Wednesday asking to obtain the full results of their polls conducted on public servers. However, McLaughlin emailed the staff back claiming that she did not retain the records again. They didn't retain any of these records. Um, and, and this is a progressive court that's being shaken up to the point that it will no longer be a liberal wasteland. Again, they, they may have to step down. They may be removed and then Governor Gene Fort will be able to appoint conservative judges to replace any impeached liberal judges. That story is developing and we will stay on top of it for as much as we can um, and get you that guy's information. So hey, guys, it's just going to show that again, even though our president had to take a step back, even though we know he had the constitutional right to maintain that office by taking that step back, we are watching the uh, deep states, the shadow government, whatever you want to call them, working in full daylight. And we're watching where all of the webs, all of the strings of the webs go, whether it is in the judicial, the legislative, anywhere. We're seeing where this poison is flowing now in the light of day. And keep in mind, guys, if if the army had stepped in on January 20th and had given the presidency to Donald Trump and arrested, you know, illegitimate Joe and his crew, we could be seeing today in the United States what is happening in Myanmar. And I think what happened in Myanmar was a good case to show that they would have acted out. They would have called them. They would have called Trump uh, a dictator. They would have said the army has gone into dictatorship. There, that would have further divided the country. And we probably most definitely would have seen a civil war. I know there's some of you patriots out there who are trigger happy and ready to get to action and to shoot these guys down. But that's not what we want. We are having a civilized revolution, guys. And Myanmar would have happened here if the army had stepped in, if the military had stepped in on January 20th. But instead, President Trump, 
who has had losses in his life and has also rebounded in, in several ways from those losses and is learning from them. You know, he said, I might have to take a step back. You might not see me for a while. We didn't know when that was. It very well could be now. And guys, I just saw uh, well, an interview with uh, uh, Mike Lindell over um, over on the War Room with Steve Bannon, and he's saying he thinks we'll have Trump back in office by August. He's believing it. And uh, I'm saying I'm hoping it's at least by July 4th, but don't take my word for it. Anyways, guys, I hope you guys had a great C report for Monday afternoon. I know I did, and uh, I got to scram, guys, because I'm running late. I got to get to work. Okay, y'all. Have a great afternoon. We'll see you again tomorrow at the C report, same place, same time, 4 p.m. We'll do some more headlines. And Foxhole Family, thank you. We broke 10,000 views in our first month on the Foxhole Family. I think that's a pretty big accomplishment, at least for my family at the Q&A holes it is. We couldn't have done it without you guys, and we thank you very much for your support. And again, we will see you on the flip side, or we'll see you in the foxhole. Till then, have a great Monday, and take care. Morning, this podcast.